Hello again and welcome back to the KI Prime podcast. My name is Alina Jenkins and today's guest is Satid Tamasitboon. He's Associate Professor in Pediatrics, Division of Critical Care Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, where he serves in various academic positions promoting research and scholarship across the continuum of medical education. He's also Director of Center for Research, Innovation and Scholarship in Health Professions Education. Satid grew up and went to medical school in southern Thailand and came to the US for a residency, fellowship and an advanced degree in medical education. Through many years of involvement in medical education, he's developed a departmental foundation in innovative medical education research that has international extensions. Satid, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Elena. You have, you have so many areas of research. Where would you like to start? What's your focus at the moment? My focus right now is to help others. I would say that uh, throughout my career, I struggle quite a bit, right? Because I am a clinician first, who also love to teach. At the same time, I love research. And I truly believe that uh, research in medical education is what help create the new generation of physicians. And that will uh, improve patient care. And do you... Do you still have that nice balance of being a clinician, being a teacher and doing research? So do you see the implications of the research that you're doing? Well, it depends on how you define balance. (laughs) I would have to say that it's more like completely integrated. So to me, I have to work in the pediatric intensive care unit. That could be intense at time. For those of you that do not know what intensive care unit in pediatrics is all about. We take care of all critically ill children that uh, require uh, intensive care and uh, their life in pretty much clinking on uh, many life support. And um, that's what we, in our field at least, we find it's very rewarding that we could make a difference in the young children's life. At the same time, my love, my passion for education is somewhat, uh, as I mentioned earlier, integrated within my daily clinical work as well, uh, because I work with uh, residents, uh, fellows, and also other health professionals that we work as a team. So it's very important for us to not only work together, and, but we learn from one another uh, for medical trainees, actually, I see it's more like working and learning or learning through working. So this all kind of blended together, not just my work and life that's all blended together, but also the, the nature of the field. Actually, they're all just almost like a big part of all the delicious ingredients that we have to put together. That's such a nice way to describe it. I'm just thinking about working in the critical care unit. I know that one of your your main areas of, of focus for research is around clinical reasoning and diagnostic errors. So, so tell me some, some of the things that you've been doing in that area. So that has been my interest for a long time. Since I was a medical student, 
residency, fellowship, and all others. Because uh, if you could think about this, Elena, have you, you, have you heard or experienced diagnostic errors in your lifetime, right? Yes. Or from your relative or well, heard of anyone that have suffered some consequences mm. of diagnostic errors. So that's why my very early on in my career, I almost like selected this area to be my area of research because I, f- I felt that in order to be a great clinician, it's very important to, to have diagnostic ability with great critical thinking. But in the technical term, in medical education, we call clinical reasoning. So in fact, it's more about teaching learners, medical trainees in this case, how to think. And in my area of research, actually go beyond thinking because you need to know, you have actually have to think about your own thinking before, during, and after you actually have patient encounter. Because if you just focus on thinking on the fly, you could imagine, right? We could have some kind of what we call cognitive biases. And the the results of uh, diagnostic error could be very, very consequential, resulting in a significant complication and actually add the cost to the healthcare system. So what are some of the things that you're looking at to try and overcome those challenges? So early on, my focus was more on how we can teach medical trainee how to think. And as I mentioned, not only thinking, but also thinking about thinking. So I work with my team. Actually, I have formed a pretty good side team to teach and assess and conduct research in this area of clinical reasoning. So we have done a lot of uh, educational activity for training from medical students all the way to faculty development. In addition to that, we have spent a lot of time researching the best way, for the lack of better term, I would say more structured way to assess how medical trainee engage in clinical reasoning. So clinical teacher could use that information and provide feedback, very targeted feedback to medical trainee on how they could improve their own clinical reasoning. It fascinates me how, how all the conversations that I'm having over the last few days all tend to link up with just having a conversation with uh, Joanna about feedback literacy, which then is just tying back into what you're saying there around um, how, how we give feedback around clinical reasoning and diagnostic errors. You've got some other areas as well, Satit, instrument development and psychometric validation. So what's going on with that at the moment? Great. So I would have to say I'm more like aspire to be than the expert in the area. <laughs> this area of research actually was the result of my curiosity, starting from uh, my uh, interest in clinical reasoning. When I wanted to develop the assessment instrument, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. actually I realized that I didn't know enough. In fact, it took me almost five years to study about validity. Right, Chris, you heard about Christina. She's the validity yes. girl, right? Yeah, she was. The ex- she is the expert in the field on that very topic. But I'm more like first grade student on that. <laughs> so it took me a long time. But the byproduct of my curiosity, it turned out that I have gained some knowledge and some skills 
But more so, I would have to say the reason that I set that as one of my program of research is because not only I have learned enough to do some some stuff, you know, like intermediate level, but also I have really formed a great team with other experts, including not only educational researcher, but also psychometrician. Uh, my statistician has always been very helpful and actually she has been my study buddy, right? <laughs> we, we study about psychometric uh, validation together and now we have a great team. Yeah, and, and so much of this as well is, is, up, is about being a leader, recognising where you might not have all the knowledge, making sure that therefore you've got the team that can kind of help you reach where, where you want to go. And where do you want to go with this, with that particular area of research? Thank you so much. To classify that like leadership, in fact, this would be my next, I have been telling people here at uh, Care Prime that uh, my next 10 years before my retirement going to be about forming communities of scholars. So this also the result of what all the work that I've been doing, right? Every single time, if I have the, I set out to pursue any systematic inquiry on any topic, I inadvertently actually serendipitously form a nice group of people with complementary expertise and we become friends, right? We are friends, we are collaborators and we uh, work to get, uh, with one another with mutual respect. So that is, would be, uh, has been my focus area of time and effort for the past probably four or five years now yeah. that have formed have formed multiple community of scholars with different areas of interest. And um, what I aim to do right now, and as I said, for the next decade of my career that I have left, actually probably more than 10 years, right? <laughs> I, think, I think more than 10 years. <laughs> more than 10 years. <laughs> but that's a good benchmark to have, is to actually come up with the not really come up, more like study and research the novel way, ways to actually not only forming, cultivating, but sustain these communities that all these clinicians, educators, researchers, psychometricians, instructional designers could work with one another, have joy of working with one another, produce great work that actually are impactful to medical education and for healthcare system as a whole. That's a really lovely, really, really lovely goal. And, and does, that, does that link into the other areas of research that you've been looking at around evidence synthesis and educational design research? Is that again sort of forming those communities of scholars to push ourselves forwards in those, in those areas? Thank you for that question, because that represents the almost like byproducts in order to conduct a great systematic review or evidence synthesis, we need uh, a large number of people because some systematic review could take two or three years if you work only two of you, right? So uh, I'm, I've been lucky. Actually, during pandemic, I, I have got involved with the best evidence medical education and health professional education. Or most people in this field know them as BIMI. So have been part of this community. And uh, we have 
experimented during the pandemic, actually, that we could achieve more working together with collective expertise. Only during, uh, during the, the year 2020, our BME team actually uh, have finished and published two and I wanted to two and a half or three because we've spilled over to 2021 a little bit. And in the past three years, we have published like five systematic reviews already. So that's one thing, right? That's evidence in it. When we talk about design research, it, Elena, it, if you could think about when you design fashion or something, you cannot think alone, right? You have to work as a team with different strengths and weakness, weaknesses. So design research have, have been the genre of research that have resonated with me as a, not only the area of research, but in fact, we could use it as a tool to actually form the communities where people could work together, believe it or not, working in design-based research could be as fun as designing any clothing of fashion. <laughs> so that's been my experience anyway. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you if I can, your experience, I know you've been in the US for a number of years now, but you were, you were born and raised in Thailand. You studied in Thailand before you came over here. Where do you think the differences still are? Um, we've had, been having some discussions between sort of Global South and Global North. And what could we do to maybe celebrate those differences or maybe bring some of those, those gaps that exist together? I think I would start by saying that there are more similarities than differences. Yeah. I have the luxury of being the dual citizenship, dual culture. So uh, recently, in fact, just to give you a more concrete example, my colleagues and I uh, have been working with Thai medical teachers. Actually, I should call uh, Marla. They are my former attending physician. Some of them are my mentees in Thailand. And we work together on the research in medical education. The experience has been very rewarding and also enriched my career to a certain extent. I think it's easy for me to say because I'm Thai too, right? <laughs> but uh, Doreen Barmer, my friend, collaborator, and my mentor, she said that introducing her to Thai culture and working along with Thai faculty, medical trainee on uh, scholarship and research actually have added so much to her life as well. So I would say that of course, there are always some gaps, some differences, but when we come to work together or see the pro medical education problems through different lens, in fact, the, the insights gained from different lenses add the richness to the knowledge within uh, health profession education. So if I could use some kind of analogy, we're all about metaphor and analogy yes, at yes. KI Prime. When I was doing research in the U.S. alone, right, it's almost like you put on a microscope. You see something with the razor-focused result and insight. But when you work on the cross-cultural research, it's almost like looking at the beautiful kaleidoscope with multiple colorful pieces of glass that give you a reflection from different angles, different lens, and the whole picture is much more beautiful than looking into the 
microscope that you might see a piece of bacteria. <laughs> That's a lo- I love that metaphor, Satish. That really explains it so, so well. And, and just actually coming back to being here in Stockholm, we've been talking about metaphors and finding our oeuvre. What, what has it meant for you to be part of the fellowship for 2023? It's such, such a privilege. To be honest with you, I have never thought about being part of Care Prime. So when I first received a letter asking for my CV for nomination, I felt like, oh, did I deserve it? But I think this kind of sentiment is shared among our fellows. And then it probably took me 30 seconds to feel like someone might have seen something in me and uh, all my effort and contributions might probably mean something to someone or some people. Um, so I'm really, really grateful to be part of KI Prime. I aim to, and I've been achieving so far that I try to learn as much as I can. I don't think our relationship or learning would end here in these four or five days, but I, I expect to have ongoing relationship, mentoring, and go back to my the essence of my work to a community. Now I, I could say that I'm, I'm being part of care private communities and I look forward to learning, sharing, and forming the identity together. I'm excited for you, Sati. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thank you so much for uh, having me today. It's such a great experience. I enjoy talking with you very much. My pleasure. And thank you to everybody listening at home. We'll be back again very soon with another episode of the KI Prime podcast. Until then, goodbye.